0: Hello, I'm Cheryl, and this is Sleep Tight Relax, a calming bedtime podcast for the young and young at heart. It's time to get cozy in bed and listen to tonight's story. Our sleep story tonight is part eight of our story about Dr. Doolittle. Dr. Doolittle and his pets are on the pirate's ship and sailing away as fast as they can, but the pirates block their way. Dr. Doolittle tries to talk to the pirate and reason with him and keep him distracted while the ship starts to sink. When the pirates realize that their boat is sinking, they get into the water and the sharks start circling. The sharks start circling around and Dr. Doolittle asks the pirates to promise to change their way. And they promise. If they forget, the sharks have promised to come back for them. No matter how your day was, let's forget about it for now and focus on slowing down and feeling relaxed. Close your eyes and feel warm and secure. Next, I would like you to take a slow, deep breath in through your nose, as big a breath as you can, and as slow as you can. Then slowly let the air out through your mouth. Taking deep belly breaths helps us relax at any time of the day but it's a great habit to have before sleep. Try it again. Take a deep breath in and let the air slowly flow out. Take a deep breath in and now out. Breathe in deeply, filling your body with air and relaxation. Breathe out slowly, expelling any tension. Try to keep breathing slowly and deeply as we continue with Dr. Dolittle Part 8. But they have swords, said the doctor. No, that would never do. I must talk to him. Look here, Ben Ali. But before the doctor could say any more, the pirates began to sail the ship nearer, laughing with glee and saying one to another, Who will be the first to catch the pig? Poor Gub-Gub was dreadfully frightened, and the Push-Me-Pull-You began to sharpen his horns for a fight by rubbing them on the mast of the ship, while Jip kept springing into the air and barking and calling Bed-Ali names in dog language. But soon, something seemed to go wrong with the pirates. They stopped laughing and cracking jokes. They looked puzzled. Something was making them uneasy. Then Ben Ali, staring down at his feet, suddenly bellowed out, Thunder and lightning, men! The boat's leaking! And then the other pirates peered over the side, and they saw that the boat was indeed getting lower and lower in the water. And one of them said to Ben Ali, But surely if this old boat were sinking, we should see the rats leaving it. And Jip shouted across from the other ship. You silly folks, there are no rats there to leave. They left two hours ago. Ha 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 to you, my fine friends. But of course the men did not understand him. Soon, the front end of the ship began to go down and down, faster and faster, till the boat looked almost as though it were standing on its head, and the pirates had to cling to the rails and the masts and the rope and anything to keep from sliding off. Then, the sea rushed, roaring in through all the windows and the doors, and at last the ship plunged right down to the bottom of the sea, making a dreadful gurgling sound. And the six men were left bobbing about in the deep water of the bay. Some of them started to swim for the shores of the island, while others came and tried to get onto the boat where the doctor was. But Jip kept snapping at their noses so they were afraid to climb up the side of the ship. Then suddenly they all cried out in great fear. The sharks! The sharks are coming! Let us get onto the ship before they eat us! Help! Help! The sharks! The sharks! And now the doctor could see, all over the bay, the backs of big fish swimming swiftly through the water. And one great shark came near to the ship, and poking his nose out of the water, he said to the doctor, Are you John Doolittle, the famous animal doctor? Yes, said Dr. Doolittle. That is my name. Well, said the shark, we know these pirates to be a bad lot, especially Ben Ali. If they are annoying you, we will gladly eat them up for you, and then you won't be troubled anymore. Thank you, said the doctor. This is really most attentive, but I don't think it will be necessary to eat them. Don't let any of them reach the shore until I tell you. Just keep them swimming about, will you? And please make Ben Ali swim over here so that I may talk to him. So the shark went off and chased Ben Alley over to the doctor. Listen, Ben Alley, said John Doolittle, leaning over the side. You have been a very bad man, and I understand that you have hurt many people. These good sharks here have just offered to eat you up for me, and would indeed be a good thing if the seas were rid of you. But... If you will promise to do as I tell you, I will let you go safely. What must I do? asked the pirate, looking down sideways at the big shark who was smelling his leg under the water. You must hurt no more people, said the doctor. You must stop stealing. You must never sink another ship. You must give up being a pirate altogether. "'But what will I do then?' asked Ben Ali. "'How shall I live?' "'You and all your men must go on to this island "'and be birdseed farmers,' the doctor answered. "'You must grow birdseed for the canaries.' "'The barberry dragon turned pale with anger. "'Grow birdseed?' He groaned in disgust. Can't I be a sailor? No, said the doctor. You cannot. You have been a sailor long enough and sent many stout ships and good men to the bottom of the sea. For the rest of your life, you must be a peaceful farmer. The shark is waiting. Do not waste any more of his time. Make up your mind. Thunder and lightning... Ben Alley muttered, birdseed. Then he looked down into the water again and saw the great fish smelling his other leg. Very well, he said sadly, we'll be farmers. And remember, said the doctor, that if you do not keep your promise, if you start hurting and stealing again, I will hear of it, because the canaries will come and tell me and be very sure that I will find a way to punish you. For though I may not be able to sail a ship as well as you, so long as the birds and the beasts and the fish are my friends, I do not have to be afraid of a pirate chief, even though he calls himself the Dragon of Barbary. Now go and be a good farmer and live in peace. Then the doctor turned to the big shark and waved his hand and said, All right, let them swim safely to the land. Having thanked the sharks again for their kindness, the doctor and his pet set off once more on their journey home in the swift ship with the three red sails. As they moved out into the open sea, the animals all went downstairs to see what their new boat was like inside, while the doctor leaned on the rail at the back of the ship, watching the Canary Islands fade away in the blue dusk of the evening. While he was standing there, wondering how the monkeys were doing and what his garden would look like when he got back to Puddleby, Dab-Dab came tumbling up the stairs all smiles and full of news. Doctor, she said, this ship of the pirates is simply beautiful. Absolutely. The beds downstairs are made of primrose silk with hundreds of big pillows and cushions. There are thick, soft carpets on the floors. The dishes are made of silver And there are all sorts of good things to eat and drink. Special things. The larder, well, it's just like a shop, that's all. You never saw anything like it in your life. Just think. They have five different kinds of sardines, those men. Come and look. Oh, and we found a little room down there with the door locked. And we are all crazy to get in and see what's inside. Jip says it must be where the pirates kept their treasure, but we can't open the door. Come down and see if you can let us in. So the doctor went downstairs and he saw that it was indeed a beautiful ship. He found the animals gathered round a little door, all talking at once, trying to guess what was inside. The doctor turned the handle, but it wouldn't open. Then they all started to hunt for the key. They looked under the mat, they looked under all the carpets, they looked in all the cupboards and drawers and lockers, in the big chests, in the ship's dining room. They looked everywhere. While they were doing this, they discovered a lot of new and wonderful things that that the pirates must have stolen from other ships. Cashmere shawls as thin as a cobweb embroidered with flowers of gold. Carved ivory boxes full of Russian tea. An old violin with a string broken and a pitcher on the back. A set of big chessmen carved out of coral and amber a walking stick which had a sword inside it when you pulled the handle, six wine glasses with turquoise and silver round the rims, and a lovely great sugar bowl made of of mother-of-pearl. But nowhere in that whole boat could they find a key to fit that lock. So they all came back to the door and Jip, peered through the keyhole, but something had been standing against the wall on the inside and he could see nothing. While they were standing around wondering what they should do, the owl, Tutu, suddenly said, shh, listen, I do believe there's someone in there. They all kept still a moment. Then the doctor said, You must be mistaken, Tutu. I don't hear anything. I'm sure of it, said the owl. Shh. There it is again. Don't you hear that? No, I do not, said the doctor. What kind of sound is it? I hear the noise of someone putting his hand in his pocket, said the owl. But that makes hardly any sound at all, said the doctor. You couldn't hear that out here. "'Pardon me, but I can,' said Tutu. "'I tell you, there is someone on the other side of that door "'putting his hand in his pocket. "'Almost everything makes some noise "'if your ears are only sharp enough to catch it. "'Bats can hear a mole walking in his tunnel under the earth, "'and they think they're good hearers. "'But we owls can tell you using only one ear?' the color of a kitten from the way it winks in the dark. Well, well, said the doctor, you surprise me, that's very interesting. Listen again and tell me what he's doing now. I'm not sure yet, said Tutu, if it's a man at all, maybe it's a woman. Lift me up and let me listen at the keyhole and I'll soon tell you. So the doctor lifted the owl up and held him close to the lock of the door. After a moment, Tutu said, "'Now he's rubbing his face with his left hand. "'It is a small hand and a small face. "'It might be a woman. "'No. "'Now he pushes his hair back off his forehead. "'Ah, it's a man, all right.' "'Women sometimes do that,' said the doctor." True, said the owl, but when they do, their long hair makes quite a different sound. Shh, make that fidgety pig keep still. Now, I'll hold your breath a moment so I can listen well. This is very difficult what I'm doing now, and the pesky door is so thick. Shh, everybody stay still. Close your eyes and don't breathe. Tutu leaned down and listened again, very hard and long. At last, he looked up into the doctor's face and said, the man in there is unhappy. He is crying. He has taken care not to blubber or sniffle to avoid us hearing that he is crying. But I heard quite distinctly the sound of a tear falling on his sleeve how do you know it wasn't a drop of water falling off the ceiling on him, asked Gub-Gub. Pshaw, such ignorance, sniffed Tutu. A drop of water falling off the ceiling would have made ten times as much noise. Well, said the doctor, if the poor fellow's unhappy, we've got to get in and see what's the matter with him. Find me an axe and I'll chop the door down. Right away, an axe was found, and the doctor soon chopped a hole in the door, big enough to clamber through. At first, he could see nothing at all. It was so dark inside, so he struck a match. The room was quite small, no window, the ceiling low. For furniture, there was only one little stool. All around the room, big barrels stood against the walls, fastened at the bottom so they wouldn't tumble with the rolling of the ship. And above the barrels, pewter jugs of all sizes hung from wooden pegs. And in the middle of the floor sat a little boy, about eight years old, crying bitterly. The little boy seemed rather frightened to find a man standing there before him and all those animals staring in through the hole in the broken door. But as soon as he saw John Doolittle's face by the light of the match, he stopped crying and got up. You aren't one of the pirates, are you? he asked. And when the doctor threw back his head and laughed long and loud, the little boy smiled, too, and came and took his hand. You laugh like a friend, he said, not like a pirate. Could you tell me where my uncle is? And that is the end of this part. Good night. Sleep tight.